Welcome to Outside of Normal. This is True Crime Tuesday. I am your host, Russ. Joining me soon will be the host of 62 Patio Lucky Me. And tonight is Israel Keys. I hope everybody's doing well and enjoying the last couple days of the month before we roll into February. Hey, lucky me. Hey, Shelby. How y'all doing today? Hello. Hey, Russ. How are you? Hey, Miss Shelby. Hello, Miss Cindy. I'm doing well. <laughs> Crime mistress. <laughs> uh, tonight we're talking about Israel Keys. <laughs> All right. Yes. I'm going for sure. One sick dude. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard not to share with Shane because he wanted to listen to this episode. And I was like, I can't share my stuff with you. I want to, but I can't because I told, you know, talked to him about the other shows. So I'm excited. I'm always excited about the show. get started about Israel Keys, born January 7th, 1978. Um, he was an American serial killer, bank robber, burglar, arsonist, kidnapper, and sex offender. Uh, he murdered at least three, oh. pe- three people and committed dozens of felonies, including armed robbery, arson, rape, and burglary across the United States from July 2001 to February 2012. <coughs> right. and, uh, he was born in Richmond, Utah. And uh, mm-hmm. so he lived in a, he moved around from Alaska to New York, Vermont, and Washington in his lifetime. And uh, yeah. So he was born in Richmond, Utah. I don't know. So he grew yeah, up. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, oh. you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I don't, he had 10 siblings or nine siblings. He was one of 10 kids. Um, and uh, the parents were very um, religious. Yep. Um, they were part of a fundamentalist religious group. And they had like no electricity 
no TV, no phone. They lived off the grid. Um, I saw a show that they interviewed a, a neighbor kid that was about his age. Um, and she said that they were also part of that group, but they left it since then. But um, it's very white supremacist. Yeah, with the fundamentalist um, church of Latter-day Saints. They're the, uh, you yes. have the modern reformed church of Latter-day Saints which is what most Mormons are, but you have a sect that strictly adheres to the original Mormon text, I guess you would say. And uh, that's the fundamentalists. And they, they're the ones who have all the really, really strict laws, no movie theaters, no makeup, no uh, wearing pants for girls, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff there. Um, any, anytime you think of like the real strict religions that they show on TV, this is one of those, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how he grew up. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was listening. Uh, you had said that he was homeschooled? Um, no, I was just saying that his family was part of that oh, yeah, yeah. fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And um, I think he was the second or the third child of the ten. So he was an older child. I mean, you know, one of the older. So you would think he um, would be a role model for the youngers, but <laughs> let's hope not. Um, yeah, he was the second to oldest. Oh, second. second. Okay. Oldest. And uh, this is when they were living in Torrance, California, which I guess is maybe where he... He was born in Utah, so I'm guessing this is where they had moved to mm -hmm. after he had been born, all that. But uh, Keyes and his siblings were homeschooled until 1983 after uh, leaving the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Keyes' father moved the family to a remote plot of land north of Colville, Washington, in uh, Stevens County when Israel was about five years old. Hey, Osman. Hey, Marie, and everyone else who just came in. Um... Isolated from society, the Keys family lived in a one-room cabin without electricity or runner water, located on Rocky Peak Road. In uh, Colville, the family f attended services at a church called the Ark, which practiced the white supremacy that you were talking about with uh, Christian identity ideology. Uh, Keys later mm -hmm. described the Ark as a Amish-like church environment. And during this period of attending the Ark, the Keys family befriended the neighboring family of Chevy Cahoe, who was later convicted for a 1996 triple murder. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the family attended another That's church in Colville called the Christian Israel Covenant Church that taught British Israelism as doctrine. This miscongenination was abominable and deviant that Anglo-Saxons were to rule over the perceived inferior races. And that Keyes later alleged to have been militia-like. For years, some of Keyes' children had been forced to sleep in a tent due to their cabin's small size. Uh, to survive, the Keyes' children were made to hunt for their food, chop firewood, and work on local farms to support the family. And as a hobby, Keyes hunted anything with a heartbeat and freely admitted to skinning a deer alive to his peers at the church. As a result, Keyes was ostracized and actively avoided by 
various youths who attended the Christian Israel Covenant Church, with one girl reaccounting that Key's presence made her, her skin crawl. Um, one of the uh, guys there had uh, said, uh, I've known since I was 14 that there were things, uh, this is what Key said during an interview. He says, I know that since I was 14 that there were things that I thought were normal and okay that no one else seemed to think were normal or okay. So that's when I just started being a loner. Uh, people found out about some stuff that I did, like my parents and parents of other kids who would hang out with me. They would find out about some of the stuff that I did, and that's when I just started doing stuff by myself exclusively. Um, and he was talking about skinning the deers and um, while they're still alive and all that stuff. How you doing, Brett? Good to see you in today, my brother. Um, hey, yeah, Brett. He, yeah, the, he, hey, um, he would go hunting, and his first hey, shot. Hey, we can hear you this time. <laughs> His first shot or whatever um, didn't kill the animal. Right. And so instead of shooting it again to put it out of its misery, he would just go ahead and start um, field dressing it while it was still alive. Uh, did you get anything else on his childhood there? Right, or, uh, I can go into his um, Let's see. Uh, I know the neighborhood friend that uh, did that interview so that she could see how that he could disassociate um, because of the way they were brought up um, to disassociate if anyone ever like went against what his world's beliefs would be. Um, you know, she said that she could see that from a very young age. As a uh, youth, Keys admitted to shooting at neighbors' houses with his BB gun, starting fires in the woods and breaking into houses for fun. He also occasionally broke into houses with another youth who uh, subsequently avoided him after witnessing Key shoot an animal. On an occasion, Key stole several guns from his neighbor's residence and was forced to apologize by his parents after the discovery of the cachet. Um, on occasions, Key, who stood six foot two by the age of 14, would also sell the stolen guns to local adults. Um, around this time, Key's parents provided shelter to personal friends in the presence of their son and daughters and Key's sister. Uh, Key's tied a cat to a tree with a parachute cord and gored it with a twenty-two revolver. Uh, the cat then began circling the tree before crashing into it and vomiting. Um, Key's allegedly chuckled before noting that the boy, who later informed his father, had vomited in response to the incident. Uh, Key's had an infamy epiphany, I'm sorry, in which he felt that he was different from his peers who ran away from him. Upon his realization, he kept his increasingly antisocial behavior to himself, withdrawing socially due to being ostracized, and in addition, Key's mother began to notice some troubling signs in Key's during this period when he began turning into various radio stations and different things. Yeah, when they were doing um, some of the police interviews, um, they've released those tapes. Um, and um, the the cops really, you know, got into some questions like, you know, how was your childhood and all that stuff. He was jokingly saying, you know, things I enjoyed were not things that were typical, uh, brought pleasure to other people. Um and he really didn't go into it on 
in those interviews. I mean, obviously he has to somebody uh, or had to somebody, but, um, or just, you know, a witness being there at the time. But yeah, that's just so sick. Yeah, it really is. Um, by his teenage years, Keyes had become a skilled and proficient carpenter and building his first wooden cabin for his family at the age of 16. He also began working at the Colville as a for a Colville contractor from 95 to 97. And around this time, Keyes kept a journal from his early childhood littered with Bible scriptures, documenting daily sins for which he felt shame, such as lusting after his girlfriend. And uh, soon thereafter, the family relocated to Smyrna, Maine. That's a heck of a jump from Washington State to Maine. Anyways. Um, where they collected sap for maple syrup production in a mostly Amish community. Due to their mother's religious zealousness, the Keys children were forced to secretly flee their parents to watch movies with friends and were forbidden to learn musical instruments as they were against God. And uh, sometime during this period, Keys renounced his former Christian faith. Um, On one occasion... Keyes declared his atheism to his parents, both of whom had previously made tireless and constant efforts to please. And after an intense argument, this led his parents to evict their eldest son from their residence and shunning him for apparent blasphemy. Then they instructed his younger siblings, who looked up to Keyes, to never have contact with him again. Keyes developed an inordinate interest in Satanism with plans of committing ritualistic murder. In the uh, summer of 1997 or 98, Keyes committed a sexual assault on a teenage girl who had been tubing with her friends down the the Deschutes River in Maupin, Oregon. Although this this was not his first sexual assault, Keyes admitted that he had stalked her from a tree line before very violently sexually assaulting the girl whom he estimated to be between 14 and 18 by knife point. Originally planning to murder her as part of a satanic ritual, Keyes let her go in the river tube he had abducted her from. He said, I was too timid. I wasn't violent enough, he told investigators. I made up my mind I was never going to let that happen again. That is wild. Um, at 98 to 2001, Israel Keyes found himself in the U.S. Army as part of the 5th Infantry Regiment and part of the 25th Infantry Division. Um, he was a specialist there. and uh, he. Uh, this actually surprised me because he didn't seem like the type that would take orders from others well. Right. Or even follow directions because he was so... Um, you know, isolated and anti, yeah, you know, he was like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and I'm going to do it when I want to do it. So being in the army for that long actually really surprised me. Right. Well, I mean, he, he, he did for a long time try to appease his parents, I guess, and follow those rules and, until yeah. one day he just decided that wasn't what he was going to do anymore. And, uh, yeah. right. But he was, uh, like I said, in the army and he, uh, Passed a rigorous month-long preliminary course for the United States Army Rangers. He was stationed at Fort Lewis and Fort Hood. He also spent time abroad. While stationed in Singai, Egypt, Keyes befriended several soldiers, informing one of them that he would like to kill uh, them. 
which is really weird. I don't know if I tell other people with guns that I wanted to kill them. Right? <laughs> mm. While at Fort Lewis. Now, at some point, um, I'm not seeing um, in this particular document when, but at some point, he ends up with a girlfriend. Yes. Um, and, oh, you're going to get to that. Okay, uh, then no, I'll I'll no, no, I, I'll add, I just know that I'll I had add seen. No, you can add it now, Father. I had just seen the where oh, okay. he, he was getting um, uh, so framed for lusting after his girlfriend. So at some point he had to pick one. Yes. Up, right? So at some point he ended up um, in Alaska. Um, I don't know if this was um, towards, you know, the, the, I mean, he's already done some criminal acts, but like the really, the more, I don't even know how to say yeah. that. The more recent ones, right, the right. the beginning of the end, I guess. Um, so at some point he did end up back in Alaska and um, he had a girlfriend and they had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they broke up and, and he ended up with another woman. But I don't know if that was before or after the army. Um, Cause I didn't, I didn't catch when um, I think it was after they the had army. their daughter, but. I just wanted to add right. that. Um, After? Okay, so. then. All right. I'll let you finish then. Sorry. No, no you're fine. <laughs> While at Fort Lewis, he served on a mortar team in the uh, 1st Battalion, 5th Army, 25th Infantry Division. And uh, former Army friends of his noted his quiet demeanor and habit of keeping to himself. On weekends, he was reported to drink heavily, consuming entire bottles of his favorite drink, Wild Turkey. And he was also a fan of hip-hop duo Insane Clown Posse and displayed posters of the musical act all in his barracks. In February 2001, Keyes was arrested for driving under the influence in Thurston County, and pursuant to a plea agreement, he was fined $350. Keyes was awarded an Army Achievement Medal for his meritorious service as a gunner and assistant gunner from December 1998 to July 2001. Uh, Keyes was then honorably discharged, and he was relocated or he relocated himself to Nebe, Washington, where he lived in the Macaw Reservation community of Nebe. Why is these names so hard to pronounce? On the Olympic Peninsula. In 2007, Key started a construction business in Alaska called Key's Construction. While working as a handyman contra- contra- uh, contractor and a construction worker, when he asked if his murder started after his discharge from the Army, Key's cryptically replied, yeah, Nee Bay's a boring town. Okay, yeah, that's the town that he um, uh, actually did a lot of uh, builds for the community. He did park benches. He built a pavilion for the uh, picnic tables at the the park. Um, they said he was actually a very, very skilled worker. Um, he really knew his stuff. He, you know, was dependable. Um, nobody i mean literally nobody saw this coming and they were like this is not the guy we knew this is not the guy we knew i mean they always say that but um yeah and that's where he lived with his um uh girlfriend and they had the baby yep yes his little girl um keys targeted um i don't know if you knew sorry i don't know if you knew but (laughs) keys is um a fan of Ted Bundy. 
So uh, he, he was a true crime fanatic who proudly boasted on having an encyclopedic <clears throat> knowledge of serial killers. He felt a particular kinship with Ted Bundy, although the two men, despite the superficial similarities of being similar, seemingly ordinary, with a pleasant appearance and conventional family lives, operated very differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was completely different than Ted Bunny on a mental scale. But, um... And he also looked down on the BTK killer. Um, so although he admired Ted Bundy, he um, thought that the BTK killer was a wimp. And he couldn't understand why he came out and said he was sorry for everything he had done. Crazy. That is crazy. Uh, he's targeted random people all across the United States to avoid detection with months of planning before he committed a particular crime. He specifically went from campgrounds to isolated locations. He claimed to only <coughs> use guns when he had two and preferred strangulation. This was due to the pleasure he derived from witnessing his victims lose consciousness in the struggle. He claimed to not kill children or parents of children, primarily because of his daughter, um, who Loki had just mentioned, whom he feared finding out about him and his crimes. However, police and FBI investigators were skeptical of this claim and suspected keys of killing several teenagers and children, which has never been proven, but um, they do have a pretty lengthy list of possible people that he could have at one time had something to do with. Um, Keys did not admit to mur any murders during his three years in the United States Army. But he did admit to twice attempting rapes of women, once with a prostitute while on leave in Egypt, and another time with a college student he met in Israel. He is believed to have resumed his killing spree in 2001 following his discharge, and Keyes had ties to New York, where he owned 10 acres and a dilapidated cabin in the town of Constable. He also committed to, uh, bank robberies in New York and Texas. And the FBI later confirmed that Keyes robbed the community bank branch in Tupper Lake, New York, in April of 2009. He also told authorities that he burglarized a Texas home and set it on fire. Um, an FBI report stated that Keyes burglarized 20 to 30 homes across the United States and robbed several banks between 2001 and 2012. He is believed to have been responsible for as many as 11 deaths in the United States and uh, potentially even more victims outside of the country. Uh, Keyes planned murders long ahead of time and took extraordinary action to avoid detection. Unlike most serial killers, he did not have a victim profile, saying he chose a victim randomly. On his murder trips, uh, let's see, on his murder trips, he kept his mobile phone turned off and paid for items with cash. He had no connection to any of his known victims. And for the courier murders, uh, Keyes flew to Chicago, where he rented a car to drive a 1,000 miles to Vermont. He then used a murder kit he had hidden two years earlier to perform the murders. Um, These are the possible victims that he could be connected to but they never found enough proof to uh, charge him with uh, Julie Marie Harris a 13 year old Special Olympics medalist in skiing disappeared on March 2nd of 19 
96 while waiting for a ride to a local church in Colville, Washington. Her remains were found on April 26, 1997 in a wooded area a few miles away. Uh, cause of death was not able to be determined, and Harris was a double amputee with prosthetic feet were found by the Colville River a month after her disappearance. Um, Keys, then 18 years old, lived in the area at the time and uh, was questioned about her case after he was arrested in 2012, but neither confirmed nor denied killing her. So, uh, Cassandra or Cassie Emerson, 12, another young girl from the Colville, Washington area, was reported missing after the remains of her mother, Marlene K. Emerson, 29, were discovered in the burned-out trailer home on June 27, 1997. Uh, Cassie's remains were found in 1998, about 13 miles from her home, and Keyes did admit that his first act of arson was with this trailer in Colville, though he denied the murders. Sorry? But if he set the trailer on fire and she was in there asleep or was in there right. could have killed her because of smoke inhalation or whatever right, but right. um yeah and this so oh so it's one of those types yeah I he admitted the to the arson fire. But, i just didn't know she was in there yeah yeah uh he admitted to the investigators that he had killed five people in washington state and uh was the subject of an active investigation by the state police and the federal bureau of investigation uh, Keys claimed to have either buried or submerged the victim in the lake of Nia Bay, Washington, sometime between July and October of 2001. A body was found, but their death was ruled accidental. He also confessed to the double homicide of a young couple, which occurred between 2001 and 2005. According to Keys, the male was beaten to death, and the female was fatally strangled, and both victims were buried. Between 2005 and 2006, Key said he had killed two further victims, whom were both killed separately. One was apparently dumped into Lake Crescent. Uh, yeah, Lake Crescent. Crescent. I knew I was reading that wrong. Lake Crescent, Washington. And uh, Keys did not have a uh, felony criminal record in Washington, although he had been stopped on two occasions for minor driving-related offenses. Um, authorities reviewed unsolved murder and missing person cases to determine which, if any, may have been the work of Keys. And in 2012, authorities identified the possible victim known only as Lewis County Jane Doe, whom was a woman found in the Peterman Hill area in Morton, Washington, on April 7th of 2011 by a passing motorist. In 2022, the victim was formally identified for her identity has not been publicly revealed. Keyes also confessed to at least one murder in New York State, and in late 2012, authorities had not determined the identity, age, or sex of the victim, or when and where the murder may have occurred, but regarded the confession as credible. Uh, Keyes is a suspect in a series of 2007 crimes by the B Boca killer near Boca Raton, Florida. The first case is the Raton. What is it? Boca Raton. Thank you. It's uh, Boca Raton. Yeah, either way, I said it wrong. I, I, I was said there. It completely wrong. That's okay. Go ahead. That's where Oprah Winfrey has a house, by the way. 
Okay. Oh, she has one there too. Uh, the first case is yeah, an A one A. Yeah. yeah. The first case in the murder series was that of Randy Ann Mallets Gorenberg, fifty two, which on March twenty third, two thousand seven, was abducted from the Boca Town Center Mall parking lot. Within an hour, her body, uh, with two fatal bullet wounds, was dumped at a different location. And the second crime was kidnapping of an unidentified woman who claimed she and her toddler son were abducted from the same shopping mall parking lot on August 7th of 2007. Though the kidnapper wore a mask and sunglasses, the victim caught glimpses of his face and described him as a tall, athletically built man with long hair, which generally matched Keyes' description. This woman was released unharmed after the assailant forced her to withdraw cash from an ATM. And the third Boca case was the murder of Nancy Bacicho, uh, Bacicino, there you go, Hauser, who uh, was fatally shot in their vehicle at the Boca Town Center Mall parking lot on December 12th, 2007. Authorities believe Keyes may have murdered 48-year-old Deborah Feldman as well, a prostitute with alleged substance abuse issues after discovering that he had frequently searched for her missing persons case on his computer shortly before his arrest. Feldman was last seen at her apartment in Hackensack, New Jersey on April 8th of 2009, but her body has never been recovered. Uh, the, FBI agents, the FBI agents showed Feldman's... That was a shout-out to Jersey. Um, yeah, shout-out to New Jersey. Um <laughs> Federal agents showed Feldman's image to Keyes upon which he hesitated, and he waited, they said, and then uh, said, I don't want to talk about her yet. And uh, he is suspected that Keyes buried her near Tupper Lake, New York. Excuse me, I gotta get something to drink. On uh, May 28, 2011. We're talking about Israel Keyes, Oz. Yes. Israel Keyes. Yeah, Israel Keys. On uh, May 28, 2011, Madison Maddie Geraldine Scott. Oh, that's a horrible name, Geraldine. Anyway. Was last seen during the early morning hours at Hogsback Lake near Vanderhoof, British Columbia, after attending a party at a campsite. Her remains were found in May of 2023, and Hogsback Lake is a 33-hour drive from Anchorage, Alaska, where Keys lived at the time. Keyes chose victim by how unlikely it would be that they would be linked back to him, and he said on one occasion, I would let my victims come to me in some remote location. Uh, Keyes traveled to Canada extensively, and when he was asked about whether he had killed anyone in Canada, he said Canadians don't count. And so uh, Keyes confessed to murdering 49-year-old William Bill Scott Courier and 55-year-old Lorraine Simone Courier of Essex, Vermont. Uh, Keys broke into the courier home on the night of June 8, 2011, and tied them up before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse where he shot Bill before sexually assaulting and strangling Lorraine. Their bodies have never been found, but uh, two years prior, Keys hit a murder kit, which he later used near the courier home. After the uh, after the murders, he moved most of the contents to a new hiding place in Parrishville, New York, where they remained until after his arrest. 
Yeah. Oh, thank you, Osman. So um, on this one, this is the one where he actually flew into Chicago and then he rented a car and just started driving east and he uh, drove until he found the perfect setup. And he, what he was looking for was that they were uh, kind of isolated, a little bit private um, and had a garage connected to the house. And so he drove from Chicago to Vermont to find, and he had a, uh, one of these um, kill murder kits that he had buried years prior. Um, and he, so he went, dug it up and then went back to the house and killed the family. Yeah. Um, the last confirmed victim of keys was an 18 year old girl named Samantha Tesla Cohen. Uh, she was a coffee booth employee in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, Keys kidnapped Cohen from her workplace on February 1st, 2012. He took her debit card and other property, sexually assaulted her, then killed her the following day. He left her body in a shed and went to New Orleans, where he departed on a pre-booked two-week cruise with his family in the Gulf of Mexico. When he returned to Alaska, he removed Cohen's body from the shed applied makeup to the corpse's face, sewed her eyes open with fishing line, and snapped her picture of a four-day-old issue of the Anchorage Daily News alongside her body. Hose appeared that she was still alive. After demanding $30,000 in ransom, Keys dismembered Cohen's body and disposed of it in a Matanuska Lake north of Anchorage. Yeah, and then this one, the father of um, Samantha deposited $5,000 into her account trying to pay off this ransom because he thought she was still alive. And um, so he did, you know, continue using her debit card to um, uh, take her money um, and all of that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's awful. And then uh, this one really disturbs me, but... Keys is a suspect in the murder of 58-year-old James or Jimmy Lamar Tidwell Jr., an electrician who disappeared in Mount Enterprise, Texas, on February 15, 2012. He was last seen at 5.30 a.m. that day after he had finished working the night shift and uh, during a bank robbery in Azil, Texas, on February 16, 2012, the culprit, believed to be Keys, wore a white hard hat similar to Tidwell's. Tidwell's hair also resembled a dark-haired wig worn by keys during the robbery uh, when he was being interrogated Keyes stated that his wig was in fact human hair and that had later been forensically proven that his hair was that of uh or the hair had similar characteristics and dna traits as uh james tidwell jr's hair but um uh while interrogating keys he stated that the wig was real hair and when asked where he had obtained the human hair, Keyes refused to elaborate on it. But he said, you don't have to buy real hair to get real hair. And like I said, it was later forensically proven that that was actually James Tidwell's hair or like DNA. Uh, the DNA from the hair had similar characteristics to Tidwell's hair. Mm -hmm. But that would be the last one they suspected him of. But throughout the whole 2010-year period, they suspect him of at least up to, they have eight confirmed and they can, they uh, consider him for 23 other murders. But um, 
since he committed suicide in December of 2012 while awaiting trial. We probably will never know. But um, like you said, he had studied serial killers his whole adult, young adult life. And uh, mm-hmm. when asked in an interview about Robert Hansen, Keyes replied enthusiastically stating, yeah, I know all about him, and uh, I probably know every single serial killer that's ever been written about. It's kind of a hobby of mine. And uh, mm-hmm. when FBI agents informed him of the 2012 Aurora, Colorado shooting, he inquired as to the status of the shooter. Keyes had also expressed an interest in the mass murder's perpetrator, James Holmes. Um, they... Uh, now, when they uh, arrested him down in Texas and extradited him to Alaska, yes. um, they found him with uh, Samantha's credit card. Um, she's the the coffee shop yeah. abductee that um, he had he had killed and and left in the shed for two weeks. Yeah. Um, he was he was found with her credit card on him. This man and. May of 2000, May 23rd, 2012, while going through a routine hearing, he uh, attempted to escape. And uh, he used wood shavings from a pencil to pick his cuffs. And uh, U.S. Marshals had to use a taser to subdue him, so he tried to pull the old Ted Bundy and head out of mm-hmm. the courthouse. But uh, it didn't work out as well for him. But the, no. the way they called him, after Cohen's murder, Keyes demanded ransom money and police were able to track withdrawals from her account as he moved through the southwestern United States. Uh, during that time, the police controversially refused to release surveillance video of Cohen's abduction. Um, Keyes was arrested by Texas Highway Patrol Corporal Brian Henry and Texas Ranger Stephen Rayburn in the parking lot of the Cotton Patch Cafe in Lufkin, Texas on the morning of March 13, 2012. Investigators had circulated a lookout bulletin or a bolo for the suspect's car, which had been used at ATMs to withdraw money from Cohen's account. Uh, Key's car matched this description, and uh, he was stopped after he drove slightly over the speed limit. His vehicle was searched after officers spotted cash stained with bright ink, indicating a die pack from a bank robbery. Cohen's ATM card and cell phone were also discovered in the car. And like you said, Samantha's debit card was also found in the car later. Um, When he was subsequently extradited to Alaska where he confessed to the Cohen murder, uh, he was represented by a public defender for uh, Alaska, Rich Kirtner. And then uh, Keyes indicated in case in his trial was scheduled to begin on March 13th. While incarcerated, Keyes spoke to investigators several times over a period of months. He cooperated to an extent, confessing to some of his crimes, and stated a wish to be executed within a year. Key said he wanted to avoid publicity due to the negative attention his young daughter might face, but largely stopped cooperating after his identity was discussed in the media. Uh, Like I said, he tried to escape custody in May, and by December... uh, while being held in a jail in Anchorage Correctional Complex on suspicion of murder, Keyes managed to conceal a razor blade in his cell. 
he was not allowed razor blades being under security restrictions of using an electric razor under supervision. Um, he died by suicide on December 2nd, 2012 via cutting his wrist and attempted strangulation. A suicide, a suicide note found under his body consisted of an ode to murder, but offered no clues about other possible victims. In 2020, the FBI released the drawings of 11 skulls and one pentagram, which had been drawn in blood and found underneath Key's jail cell bed after his suicide. One of the drawings included the phrase, We are one, written at the bottom. The FBI believes the number of skulls correlates with what are believed to be the total number of his victims. And, uh, yeah, when he was arrested, um, he had confessed to uh, the murder of Samantha, the coffee girl. Yeah. Um, and then when he asked to get the death penalty, um, they said, you know, well, we can't guarantee that that's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And he said, if you get, get if you guarantee me the death penalty, I'll, I promise you two more bodies and another name. And that's when he confessed to Bill and Lorraine Courier in Vermont um, and the body that he had put in the lake um, in Washington. Yep. He is a seriously deranged individual my friends but uh yeah and that um that razor blade um the the information i have says that he managed um to smuggle it in in and then it by embedding it in a pencil right yeah crazy yeah you think they wouldn't have let him around pencils after he uh tried to pick his right? locks with one but yeah. Exactly. But yes, they let him have another pencil, which he had a razor blade in, and that's what he used to sl uh, slash his wrist. And then those um, pictures that he drew, those were in his blood. Yeah. Um, and um, the, I have the suicide note. Um, I found it, um, but it's it's kind of long. Um, yeah. But it just it's. You want to read it or just give like an overview of it? I don't mind either way. Um, I can read it if, if that's okay. So here we go. Um, this is the entire transcription of Key's note below. Now there, this was blood soaked. So they actually had to send it to Quantico FBI, um, in order to have it analyzed further. So there are, there were still a couple pieces that they couldn't read. So, um, we'll, we'll do the best we can here. So where will you go you clever little worm if you bleed your host dry back in your ride the night is still young street lights push back the black i neat rose off to the right a graveyard appears lines of stones bodies molder below turn away quick bob your head to the seat as straight through that stop sign, you roll loaded truck with lights off, slams into you broadside, your flesh smashed as metal explodes. You may have been free, you loved living your life. Fate had its own scheme crushed like a bug until you die. Soon now, you'll join those ranks of dead, or your ashes, the wind will soon blow. Family and friends will shed a few tears. Pretend it's off to heaven you go. 
but the reality is you were just bones and meat with your brain died also your soul send the dying to wait for their death in the comfort of retirement homes quietly quickly say it's for the best it's best for you so their fate you'll not know turned a blind eye back to the screen soak in your reality shows stand in front of your mirror and you preen in a plastic castle you call home land of the free land of the lie land of the scheme americanize consume what you don't need stars you idolize pursue what you admit is a dream then it's american die get in your big car so you can get to work fast the roads made of dinosaur bones punch on the punch in on the clock and sit on your ass playing stupid ass games on your phone paper your wall says you got smarts the test that you took told you so but you could still crawl like the vermin you are once your precious power grid's blown land of the free land of the lie land of the scheme americanize now that i have held you tight i will tell you a story speak soft in your ear so you know that it's true you're my love at first sight and though you're scared to be near me my words penetrate your thoughts now in an intimate prelude i look in your eyes they were so dark warm and trusting as though you had not a worry or care the more guiles the game the better potential to fill up those pools with your fear your face framed in dark curls like a portrait the sun shone through highlights of red what color i wonder and how straight will it turn plastered back with the sweat of your blood wet your wet lips your okay i have to start that one over your wet lips were a promise of a secret unspoken nervous laugh as it burst like a pulse of blood from your throat there will be no more laughter here i feel your body tense up my hand now on your shoulder your eyes forget the lady called luck she does not abide near me for her powers don't extend to those who are dead this is where they could read what it was so it says ineligible words would i keep or would that i could keep you let you be the master of your own fate knowing full well what's at stake my pretty captive butterfly colorful wings my hand smears i somehow repaint them with punishment and tears violent metamorphosis emerge my dark moth princess i would come often and worship on the altar of your flesh you shudder with re revol revulsion and try to shrink far from me i have you tied down and begging to become my stockholm sweetie okay talk is over words are placid and weak back it with action or it all comes off cheap watch close while i work now feel the electric shock of my touch open my trembling flower or your petals i'll crush that was his suicide yeah. note
No, that's intense. <laughs> Oz, I appreciate everything you uh, put in the chat, by the way. Um, yes, thank you, Oz. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's like a fucking illiterate asshole. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said this guy was PG, honor. PG honor. wicked. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was nuts, man. He was nuts. But, uh... Um, if he hadn't have done the uh, the ransom for $30,000, right, and uh, kept her cards, he'd yeah. still probably be out there doing this stuff. Um, that's where he messed up at. Probably, and there's no telling how many others that he did that, you know, they haven't linked him to. Right. And actually, I watched a, a episode of 48 Hours from CBS. And they um, said that there could still be some of these murder kits or something he called, he called them um, caches. Right, right. Um, there could still be out there. So, of course, if you find one um, to report it, um, the ones that they did know about were in like an orange Home Depot bucket, like a five-gallon bucket that has the lid. And um, these kits were buried in locations all over the United States. And they typically had um, guns, ammunition, silencers, duct tape, and other kit tools, which came in handy for carrying out the home invasions and murders. Yeah, I wonder how many people have found those and just didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, right. here, here's a free gun and some duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But think about the one that he used on Bill and Lorraine Courier he in Vermont. He had buried that two years prior. Right. Two years yeah. and <laughs> and he knew exactly where the kit was and went back to yeah, it and he randomly drove that way like if he had decided to go another yeah. way that kit would have just stayed buried there until he decided he needed it so right yeah. and he would have went to one of where his other kits were or yeah just bizarre and what's really strange is he actually had a code i guess if you will he would not kill a child and he would not go to a house with a dog because he didn't want to have to kill the dog. Right. I think that has a lot to um, do with his daughter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he said that um, after, you know, uh, well, he did say that about, you know, I wouldn't kill a, a, a child. But the the one about the, um, the little girl around the lake. Um, yes. He would have been 18. Right. And they think that that one might be his first. first yeah, yeah. Um, so she was, she was that four, Julie 14, Harris. Right? Or 13 is how old she was. She was 13, 13. and she had prosthesis, uh, prosthetic feet. Right. Um, so she was. And they um, found her feet. Uh, what they they did find years, her feet at the mouth two, of the slate yeah, prior to yeah, her. Yeah. 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 yeah so, that's, that's what one of the um, kids look like right there. Uh, I was just put up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So although they said, he said he would never kill um, a child, that statement was made after his child was born, of course, but this, this 13-year-old girl was prior to him um, having his kids. So could he? Don't know. He, he says he remembers the story, but he didn't have anything to do with it. That was his story. He never did, admitted to that one. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. That is wild. 
Just looking at those kits there. Point two to a rifle. They actually have one like that. Yep, that's that's one of those Home Depot buckets right there, just full of stuff. And he would make his own silencers. The one that he actually used on Bill and Lorraine, he had made that silencer. Mm -hmm. um, and they, he turned that piece of evidence over. Yeah, and they. Uh, he made it out of an oil filter. Yeah. And they think that he, he may still have uh, safe houses across the United States, too, because he was a carpenter. And oh, yeah. He, he may have Definitely. built Because he would fly into a big city, and he had no qualms about driving, you know, 24 whatever hours in a rental car. Right. Because he paid for cash for everything. So And he had his phone off. So so he would use his real name and say, yeah, I, I flew into Chicago, and I rented a car. Yeah, there's a location. You there's know. a location right here where you see the boards going out into the woods to the old shed there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, thanks so much, Oz. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this guy was just sick, sick, sick. He and I mean, was. yeah, he was 34 years old. Yep. It just boggles the mind. Boggles the mind. Yeah. But I did uh, a lot of research with uh, Wikipedia, 48 Hour CBS, and Crime Junkie podcast. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, Wikipedia, I read <laughs> it, and uh, True Crime Guys, and um, Going West, True Crimes. There's two uh, podcasts I listen to for one of them. <clears throat> Anybody got anything else on Israel Keys or want to say anything else about Mr. Israel Keys? No, I don't want to move. Thanks, Hunter. <laughs> you got anything, Osman? Seen all this information. Osmite, yeah, he's on the panel. Yeah. I don't know. Shane says hi, everybody. Uh, hey, Shane. <laughs> uh, hey. No, guys, I've got nothing to add to that. It's great, interesting. Awesome. Well, uh, that was the story of Israel Keys and the things that he's been found guilty of and there's a lot out there that he may have had something to do with that we may never even find out about because the dude committed suicide mm -hmm. um it's crazy how they're these crazy sick individuals can go out and do all this stuff to people but when it comes to them being in trouble and it comes to them having to pay for this stuff uh, a lot of them mm -hmm. take the easy way out with suicides and uh to me that's just that's just cheap I should send you some of some of my friends um, uh, that guy that um, did a lot of murders a couple of years ago, Russell. He got 175 years in prison. It was one of the longest running cases in the history of South Africa of organized crime. And I think I should send you, I should send you that files, man. Uh, you should look into yeah, it. Do you can do a little bit of. You can do, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you can do a little bit of research, and then you can just find out what 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 we did, man. Yeah, yeah, it's quite I'll interesting. It. But uh, starting next week, I'm doing a, at least a two part, maybe a three part series. I haven't decided yet. Depends on how it breaks down. On uh, <laughs> Mr. Ed Gein. So uh, we start with that next week on True Crime Tuesday. So make sure you tune into that because it's going to be really interesting. Uh, next week we're going to dive into his childhood. And all the weird machinations with that. And then the week following, we'll get into uh, his adult life. And um, that may run in. Yeah, definitely two two years or, or two years. Yeah. <laughs> two uh, episodes worth of material on that yeah, guy. Yeah. He's 
So uh, another very sick individual. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you tune in next week for Ed Gein. Uh, thank you so much for being patient with me tonight, Lucky. I know I started a little late. Um, so glad oh, you that's came okay. in and joined us. I, I'm, I was good. And um, everybody else that joined in. And, I still got to watch Shane cook dinner. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was good to see him cook. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate everybody that came in and checked this out on the live. Definitely appreciate everybody that's checking us out on the download. Um, Thank you, everybody. We are a Laguna Night Media production. And with that being said, I have to let you know about what's going on tomorrow. Wednesday, we have Shelby's joining the old man as a navigator with Wild Card Wednesday. Yay! Then at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have 620 Patio. And I'll let Lucky real quick Yay! tell you about that. Um, yes, thank you so much. Um, this week's episode is on setting boundaries. Um, we're going to talk about healthy and unhealthy boundaries, why we need to set them, uh, why they're important and the different types and kinds and just all kinds of stuff. So come on over to our patio and Shane, the bald guy and myself would be glad to, uh, ha just sit down, have a, have a chat. And then, uh, after that, we had the variety show with the Pulse. Brett's coming back with his variety show Wednesday night. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then after that, we're going to have what we call Wellness Wednesday on Outside of Normal. So uh, just some things to help with meditations, for thoughts, calming down, de-stressing, you know, uh, all that kind of good stuff that goes with keeping yourself physically, mentally, and uh, spiritually healthy. So be uh, ready for that on Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, we have Manipulation of the Minds coming back. Finally, we'll be able to do an episode of that. Yay! And then Friday, we have Outside of Oz with Atlantis. So, um, Ooh, a pretty nice. good week coming up. Make sure you join us for all those shows. And if you're not able to join us live, make sure you oh, give us a download. And until next time, appreciate yep. everybody for being here. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time. Yeah, and, man. Uh, Thank you for yeah, all your true crime support. I just thought I'd, I'd pop in and say hi, man. Awesome show, man. Appreciate you, honey. Awesome yeah. show, brother. Yeah, and, man. Uh, we'll see you back here night, next Tuesday. Bishop. With Ed Gein. Good night, guys. Yes. Ed Gein. Part one. Good night, all. Good night, I gotta throw out the Good night, guys. You gotta throw out the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, throw out the music. Theme song. Yeah, theme song's got to happen. All my life, I wanted to have a theme song. Yeah, yeah. no, no one wants the buffer, so. Make us wait just a little <laughs> bit longer on that. Of course it does. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, this last picture that Oz put up that the uh, courier's house in Vermont. Yes. He broke in through the garage. Yeah. There's our theme song. There's the theme song. This has been True Crime Tuesday, Israel Keys, with your host, Russ Brown, and Miss Lucky Me from the 620 Patio. Come back and join us next week at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. And until then, I hope everybody has a blessed and wonderful week, and we will see you back. Good night. See y'all later. Thank you all. Good night. Good night.